Well, the holiday season is in full swing right now, and so many teams filled up their shopping carts with gifts for their fan base. And one fan base that so far has seen a little bit of coal in their stocking has been that of the Arizona Diamondbacks. However, there's been a lot of moves going on around baseball, and no better person to talk about those moves than with Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks. Did I stumble? Yeah, this is Locked on MLB. You are Locked on MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Check out my lower third there. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade, including the last four years with the Locked On Podcast Network. In a couple of days, we're going to be starting my fifth calendar year with the network because I began in the off-season of the 2019 season. So here we go. Here we go. It'll be 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. This will be beginning 2023. And you do a baseball podcast in the middle of a pandemic and then in a lockout. But hey, my guest host today, as it is once a week, every week, Right over there. Introduce yourself, young man. Yeah, Miller Thomas, host of Locked on Dimebacks. I believe I'm coming up on maybe my three-year anniversary. I think I started the year 2020. So cheers to us, Sully, for being veterans of the Lockdown community. You go follow me on all pod- podcasting platforms, of course. Follow me on Twitter, at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram, of course. And please follow the show account on YouTube as well, Locked on Diamondbacks on there. And check me out. I will check this show out. We're at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully with Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And check us out on YouTube. Click us. We have, by my last count, I may have misread, 7 billion subscribers. Wow. I think I I may have misread that, but I think we may have 7 billion subscribers. So if each of you just give Millard a dollar and me a dollar... We'll call it. We'll call it a career. Um, hey, let's uh, before we get in because I did want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the some of the best offseason moves mm-hmm. that were made and some of the and you and I were going to talk about like some kind of ranking them. First of all, it is the nineteenth day of December when we're dropping this. Happy birthday to Ian Kennedy! Oh, okay. uh, there we go, Ian Kennedy's. Uh, it's not a robust bunch of birthdays for today. Um, Rafael Soriano, former, uh, relief pitchers with, uh, Jeff Zahn, former angels pitcher, uh, the late Tony Taylor, uh, the late Al Kaline hall of famer. Uh, but it's tough to say happy birthday to someone who's no longer with us. So, uh, I guess Ian Kennedy is probably the biggest name, uh, who we're saying happy birthday today. Uh, Ian Kennedy, of course, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think D-backs fans want to wish a happy birthday to Ian Kennedy after his last. Ooh, really, really tough, very tough crowd here. Um, The Diamondbacks, you and I have talked, you are the host of Lockdown Diamondbacks. You are Mr. Diamondbacks. You were part snake. And the D-backs had a good uh, ending of the season. 
Um, they had a great beginning of the season with Seth Beer hitting that grand slam. Mm -hmm. But um, they have some promising players. Obviously, yeah. they have a, an established all-star in Cattell Marte. Mm -hmm. They had um, good years from, uh, at least in terms of power, from Christian Walker and Dalton Gold glove, Marshall. too. Yeah, gold glove, yeah. too, for Walker. Yep, absolutely. Um, and then you, there were some – they had some decent pitching. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Zach Galen and Merrick Kelly were better than decent. There they we were, go. There we go. They were they were two of the best. I think they were two of the best pitchers in the National League. Mm -hmm. um, Merrill Kelly was a legit workhorse, and Zach mm -hmm. Galen threw a shutout inning after shutout inning. Um, and uh, obviously, any team that has Madison Bumgarner, you know, is a huge fan favorite. Um, but uh, you know, there were some good uh, <clears throat> Dre Jameson. There was a lot of people who you look at and go like, hey. Hey, this is uh, there's some hope for this team. At least there's some talent, and you would think that a team that had some young talent on that would be going into the off season thinking we should add a couple of stable veterans to this team to anchor maybe anchor the lineup to get one solid bat in there along with Marte, one solid arm in there, and and one solid reliever. <clears throat> Man, they've been quiet. Yeah. This has been a very quiet offseason. Real quick, we need a star jar, Sully. Put a quarter in every time you throw a little Irish twang on Zach Gallen's name because you say Galen like he's Irish or something. It's Gallen, Sully. We're going to start for you. Every time Aye, you Zach, Zach Galen, my boy. Boy, yeah. top yeah. of the morning to you. Yeah, I don't right, know. Well, we should have the Pogues playing in the background. Okay, so I'm saying it wrong when I say Zach Galen. Yeah, Galen. I, I don't know where you got the Galen from. Galen. My last name's Sullivan. That's why. That's okay. We'll we'll concede that argument then, Sully. But yes, you're very right. This has been a very quiet offseason for the D-backs because they have currently signed one free agent from this year's pool, and that is Miguel Castro. And I don't think teams want to walk away from the offseason with their headliner being Miguel Castro from your offseason because the D-backs, we enter this offseason with some big needs, of course, in the bullpen. And Mike Hazen has had this whole switch in the bullpen philosophy going after guys who could throw harder, getting guys with some speed and velocity in the back end of the bullpen. And they have been able to do that with the Miguel Castros of the world, some guys they picked up off the wave wire, some dudes they traded for, but they haven't made no big splashes in the bullpen. There's been guys like Kenley Jansons and the Chris Martins of the world and some really good relievers out there on the bullpen market, but the D-backs have decided let's not spend our money on that. Let's go after these really cheap waiver wire guys. I have to pause you for a second because mm -hmm. my mother, Dr. Edith Sullivan, is listening as she does every week. She likes you a lot as my co-host, but okay. I could just hear her scream when you said we don't need no, you said something. They didn't, uh, the, uh, it, double it, negative. Yeah, but she just she she rode her bicycle <laughs> off the side of the road. We don't need any. We didn't make any. Just sort of please, please let's clean up the grammar. Clean uh, up the grammar, man. You're a I role mean, model, Miller. You're a role model. Come on. I got my background in journalism, but sometimes you need that dirty slang, Sully, when you're talking on the podcast. I got to go back to my roots every now and then. I'm sorry. Is it Mama Sullivan? I'm sorry. Yeah, you call Dr. Edie Sullivan, who Dr. is uh, just rode. She's bicycling down the streets of Palo Alto, California, and just oh, rode no. into a ditch when you said oh, that. Oh, no. I want you to stay on course, Dr. Eden Sullivan. So we'll try to clean up the grammar for her. But the D-backs, they've addressed the bullpen a little bit. Haven't made any major splashes, though, back then. We thought they were going to bring in maybe a veteran corner infielder like a Justin Turner, who just mm -hmm. got signed by the Boston Red Sox. 
Evan Longoria is still out there. The Red Sox, have, I mean, the D-backs have been linked to him, but they haven't pulled the trigger yet. They were linked to a Xander Bogarts. They were linked to all these catchers. They haven't pulled the trigger on any of those. They did trade for the 2020 American League Rookie of the Year in a Kyle Lewis, but like he has such of uh, a stark injury history and hasn't really been able to form like uh, the last two years. Not really going to count on him. So this D-backs team, they've just really played it safe this offseason. They not have. They haven't really spent any money, and you're just like, okay, I guess we're just waiting for a lot of internal development. Wait for, a, hope that another year of Dalton Bar show he progresses, and the Corbin Carrolls, and the Alec Thomases, and the Jake McCarthys, and all your young guys in the rotation from the Ryan Nelsons and the Dre Jamisons and the Brandon Fats. Like, I guess the D-backs are just hoping. This thing will matriculate just um, in a natural kind of a way. You're going to just marinate this thing, not spend money on those big time free agents, not try to have log jams around certain positions where you know you're going to have young guys coming up. They want this thing to happen naturally, and organically, and from a certain kind of perspective. That uh, from a certain kind of perspective, I agree with that. But I do think they needed some veterans, like you said, to round out this roster. I think a Justin Turner or Evan Longoria would have been fine moves. They don't need to go out there and spend a three hundred million dollar bag on a Dansby Swanson or ever much money he got the 177 from the chicago cubs but should this team gone some veterans for the corner infield and the bullpen yes they should have you shouldn't walk away from an offseason with just miguel castro okay and i'll tell you the name that i was thinking of okay and then he got signed mm. and he got signed to a one-year deal for not a you know for, okay, oh, for it, you and i would be the time of our life but for yeah. a player who was on the all-star team last year yeah who Baseball IQ is off the charts. Yeah. One of the smartest hitters in baseball, who, by the way, yep. is a former Arizona Diamondback. Yeah. J.D. Martinez was the perfect guy to insert into this lineup. That you have a guy, again, this guy, it's like hiring another hitting coach. And this guy someday will be a great hitting coach. Mm -hmm. J.D. Martinez has the reputation of being one of the absolute smartest hitters in all of baseball. We all saw what happened when he transformed his career in Detroit. We all saw what happened when he had his, what, half a season in Arizona where he, he just played at a different level. When he came to Boston and he was exactly the hitter that everyone thought he was going to be, helped them win the World Series. Yes, Astros fans, it was a World Series where there was cheating and some shenanigans and everything like that. I always acknowledge that. However, last year you saw he could still hit, got himself to yet another all-star team. One-year deal with Los Angeles. Los Angeles gets all that. Yeah. You take a player like that who said, hey, you've already made your fortune. You've already won your ring. Come back to Arizona and you like they'll be the the kids there will be like on their knee listening to Mr. Martinez, give us wisdom. And he would be, you know, the fans would love him again. And, I, and to me, when I saw he signed with LA, I started thinking of you. I started thinking, really, Diamondbacks? Really? I mean, yeah. it, the, I mean it was not exactly a gigantic deal that w that they signed him to so it's it's not like well you know you said they didn't they couldn't do the the you know 200 million dollar 300 million dollar deal one year 10 million 
Yeah, I think that's what's been like frustrating from this offseason because D-backs fans aren't expecting you to go out there and drop a $20 million bag on someone. We would have been perfectly content with a $10 million to a Justin Turner or J.D. Martinez. This D-backs team is loaded with, with left-handed batters. They desperately needed another righty, especially at that DH position, and J.D. Martinez would have been the perfect fit. He's already been here, had like 27 home runs in that 60-game span or whatever it was. There were reportings that maybe the D-backs were linked to him, but I I don't know what the D-backs hesitation is with going after a veteran just to round out the roster. We don't need to sign J.D. Martinez or any of these veterans to five-year deals to make no. a log jam. We just need a one or year two, just hold over a little bridge player until these young players are blossoming into the players that we think they could be. And you have a player like that, if he's in there and he's affecting the Varshows and the Martes and everyone of that in the lineup, where he may not hit 34 home runs, but he's going to hit 40 doubles into the gap there. I mean, if he just keeps those rallies going, driving in those runners from second, which is what he does best, those opposite field into the gaps that he would hit, uh, put that in a lineup with a bunch of young kids where you build up their confidence and yeah. you take a look and you say, are they going to be better than Los Angeles or San Diego? No, they're not. No, they're not. But could they be the second or through wildcard team? Could they beat if a Mets team slumps and any team filled with that many veterans can slump? Can the you know Cardinals have a regression? Could Milwaukee have a regression? Could Atlanta? One of these teams could have a regression. And all of a sudden, that second wild, that third wild card spot, you know, the one the Phillies won mm -hmm. before going to the World Series. I mean, I the Diamondbacks have a the Diamondbacks can pitch to a degree and can hit to a degree. And so just raise that up a tiny bit, and all of a sudden you're looking at an 82-83 win season, and not that that's going to make you know uh, make you the odds-on favorite to win the division, but it could make for a year that those those young players can build upon. And I just I don't I just do not understand why they don't see why they don't see that. Yeah, and I think the point you make about him being the hitting coach is like the most important thing because what he would have done for the for those young players, like watching JD Martinez over the years with the Red Sox, like his approach to the game with how he takes it seriously, like in, in the batting practices and how he sits, you can watch him in between innings with the iPad going through every swing he has. And you can hear the stories about how him and Mookie Betts, after they go up there from their plate, what they went back to the dugout with, with the scouting report that they saw from the pitcher. Like J.D. Martinez had such a big impact on that Red Sox offense during the 2018 season with how he communicated to the rest of his teammates with what he was seeing at the plate. He's basically another set of eyes for your, your coaching staff, all your players when he's up there at the plate. So that would have just rubbed off so nicely on this young D-backs team. And it's really a shame that the D-backs don't want to add a veteran roster, another veteran roster to this really, really young D-backs squad that I think is not too far away from competing. Well, look, I think it's a surefire bet that if they added a veteran bat like him, that they'd be looking at a, uh, at least a fringe contention for the wild card. And if you're going to make it any bets, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info. Okay, is that lower third on there? Uh, sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest in odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to the college football season and basketball. And boy, I hope you put your money on Argentina and the World Cup. You get it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you get those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts.
Okay. Get that out of there. We are here talking with Miller Thomas, the host of Locked on Diamondbacks. Um, I hate to say it, but there's not much more to say about the D-backs. I mean, it's really, I mean, that's that 14-minute segment um, is pretty much it. You know, yeah. I mean, like. Yeah, from the D-backs, there's really not much to talk about the offseason. It's really just about what young players you like on this roster and what you progress, uh, what you think their development is going to be heading into 2023. That's really there is to talk about. how, What kind of leaps can this D-backs team make internally? That's probably the biggest narrative surrounding this squad right now. All right, well, let's take a look at some of the other big moves that have taken place this offseason. Since we last talked, um, I mean, there have been some really big, uh, big signings and big trades and everything like that. Let's go through a little bit of like what you think the biggest moves have been this uh, off season, and I'm gonna and I will create the caveat that retaining an all star, I'm counting as a move. Okay, I'm counting as as uh, I know that in some ways that some people may think of that as just you know standing pat, but no, I think that making sure you keep your stars. Uh, goes a long way in terms of the significance of certain moves. But to, to go through, you you said you had some stuff to, yep. to read through here, so let's, let's go ahead and do it. Yeah, for the listeners, when I made my list, I did not take that into consideration. So there would be no Aaron Judges on my list as an FYI to the listeners out there. I made my list based on impact. This is not necessarily just ranking the best talents um, that were picked up this offseason. This is basically a ranking of impact. Who I thought made the who are the biggest needle mover transaction players that were picked up this offseason in terms of championship equity or which team just be which teams went from irrelevant to relevant based off one move. So I'm starting from the top, Sully, and I'm giving you number one right off the bat because I believe Carlos Rodon was the biggest needle move of this offseason because I felt like this Yankees team has just been waiting in the wings for a big move. I feel like the fan base has been waiting in the wings for a big move. We thought it was going to maybe be a shortstop the last two offseasons, but now you add our Carlos Rodon, who I think is the missing piece to that championship rotation with a Garrett Cole, a Carlos Rodon, and a nasty Nestor Cortez. I think they have a championship roster. I still don't think they have an elite lineup, but when I think about the Yankees team in terms of championship equity, it went a long way for me to know that they added a legit star pitcher right behind Garrett Cole to round out the rest of that rotation. I think that has to, I think you have to combine that with two then. You have to say, keep uh, keeping Judge and adding Rodon because keeping Judge was, was, in some ways, the biggest story of this offseason. He's the MVP, yeah. and if you remove Judge from that lineup, it's a bad lineup. Not yeah. a media, It's a legitimately bad lineup. With Judge, it's a okay lineup. But you can win with an okay lineup if you have the MVP in the middle of it. I mean, they won 99 games last year, and they had a grotesque month-and-a-half stretch. Um, it helped that they got off that spectacular start, and – you know, their pitching for the first half of the season was flawless. You can, you've got to have pitching depth to win. We saw that with Houston. We saw it with Atlanta last year. Hell, we saw it with Washington the year before in uh, 2019. You have to have that pitching depth to win. And Rodon, what the, the, what Rodon does is beyond the fact that just in a vacuum, he's a fine pitcher. He takes some of the pressure off of Luis Severino. Because mm-hmm. you're not asking Luis Severino to be a no. workhorse. You're not asking him to be anything more than a number three or a four. And so that to me, um, you know, if you have Cole, Cortez, 
Rodon, one, two, three, then there's almost no pressure on Severino. And Severino, and when I had Stacey Gonsulius from Locked on Yankees on the show a few days ago, we said he should legally add when healthy to his name because you can't talk about it unless you talk about his health. Um, when healthy, he is an elite pitcher, one of the elite pitchers in the game. He's so seldom as healthy, but now you're not needing him to be a workhorse. You're needing him basically be healthy in October, you know, p- you know, pitch well in the regular season. But I think that um, they, if they had lost Judge, then it wouldn't matter what they did. Now that they kept Judge and they improved the pitching staff, yeah, this is – I did not think of them as a legitimate pennant contender going into this offseason just because I, I didn't see the pitching depth. And now I think they do. I think they're, they're – I think they and Toronto are really the two teams in the division to win the division. And um, I would pick the Yankees right now. I don't necessarily think they've passed Houston, but I do think that they are a, uh, I think they're, they've improved on a team that won 99 games last year. Yeah. I think they closed the gap a lot and that Aaron judge context matters a lot too, because if Aaron judge walked and they bring in Rodon, then this is all a mute point. This is not the biggest transaction of the offseason. So they definitely needed Aaron judge to stay. And so because Aaron judge stayed, then you add a Rodon, like you said, I think Luis Severino at this point is just cherry on top. When you get to the playoffs, he just needs to go out there for a game four, maybe depending on how, you know, the weather breaks and the rest days, you know, break because we saw this past year, might not even need him a game four. Garrett Cole might be, able to come back for a game four depending on how though if you get three games postponed again because of the weather so for the Yankees team to get a Carlos Rodon a legit star behind a Garrett Cole because Nestor Cortez I think has become one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball oh yeah we know how good he is but he's like a legit borderline if not all-star level pitcher so to have him as your number three like this Yankees team doesn't have to go out there and rely on hitting three to four home runs from your Aaron Judges and Giancarlo stands now they could play Games are a little bit closer and rely on those starting pitchers to really get you through a ball game, get to that bullpen, and maybe one swing of the bat from a stand or end judge could be the difference to put a game away once you get to October baseball. Yeah. Now let's talk about uh, – well, who, who, who do you have as your next kind of big move there? Because I have okay. okay. Number two for me, Sully. We'll see how you feel about this. But I have Xander Bogarts going to the San Diego Padres. And the reason for me is because the San Diego Padres are bringing Xander Bogarts to be the number, to be the fourth best player in that lineup. He's being added to the Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis mix. And then when you think of Xander Bogarts, the player, super talented guy, multi-time all-star, two-time silver slugger, but he's also a franchise icon. This is someone that was the heartbeat and soul of the Boston Red Sox, and you're bringing him that leadership, those intangible qualities to this San Diego Padres team that's been trying to get over the hump the last couple years. Xander Bogarts is a proven winner, so I like what he can do for the Padres both on and off the field. That's why he's number two, because that's a stacked lineup that just got more stacked with the superstar shortstop. Well, it also shows that they're going for it big time, that they mm-hmm. are saying that they know they're, I mean, may every owner act like this. This is, Hey, I've got billions of dollars. Let's try to win uh, for San Diego fans. It must be refreshing to see that ownership is trying to win. Uh, but what it also does, and this is, I guess, sometimes it's like what the Trevor story was deal was last year with Boston with this sort of notion, we're probably not going to retain Bogarts. It makes no sense to me why one of the richest teams in baseball can't retain, you know, has to blow up the team that won the World Series in 2018 
Martinez is gone. Betts is gone. Benintendi is gone. Uh, you know, Christian Vasquez is gone. Bogarts is gone. Yeah. You know, like how did this team bust apart so fast? But that's a whole, that's a different conversation to have. But remember, Manny Machado can opt out after this year. Yeah. He has his first opt out. And he had an MVP caliber season last year. If he has another MVP caliber season next year, he's going to opt out. Why wouldn't he? I mean, isn't he on like a $300 million deal already? That's like the reason why he doesn't need to. Because like, he could get another one. Get That's why. Money. I guess. That's I guess why. He could get more money. I mean, when you see this yeah. past offseason with the contracts that are doled out, I guess he could get $500 million if he's Yeah, like, why not? Money. You would do it too. And so what this does is this gives him some Manny Machado insurance. If Manny Machado walks, all right, we still got Bogarts in there. Is that you where know? you think the baseball offseason is going? Because I've always been an advocate of why don't Major League Baseball players just sign short-term deals that are mega contracts and then you could keep being a free agent like every three to four years. Like, are we going to see more players sign these 10-year deals, but then you have opt-outs after years? I think three it's smart fourth? to have the opt-outs. Yeah. I think it's a smart thing to do. Why not just sign a four-year deal at that point? Why? Because then if he gets hurt, then you he's, have the he's guaranteed. All right. That's why you do it. I mean, it's, it's smart. Baseball. Well, how are you getting hurt? It's baseball. Running the first base. Pulling a hand. Playing the infield, you can get hurt in a lot of different ways. I got hurt the other day trying to lift up a box. Oh. All right. Um, let's uh well, there's there's another big name out there you haven't mentioned yet, but uh, let's, let's keep let's keep talking. Um, okay. I, I'm gonna give I'm just gonna um You gonna jump in? I'm gonna jump in a little bit. Um I think the Mets who got punched in the face by losing DeGrom. Now, I understand why you don't give DeGrom a huge contract. I do, because he's not as young as you think he is. He's in his mid-30s. And injury-prone players in their mid-30s don't suddenly become workhorses. And so I can understand that to a degree, why they, you know, logistically and emotion-free. But it is a gut punch, because DeGrom was such a beloved figure in New York. Bringing in um, Verlander, uh, signing uh, Sanga from Japan and maintaining, uh, re-signing Brandon Nimmo, at least tells the fans, "Sure, we lost to Grom. We're still going for it. Mm-hmm. We're still in. We're still in full speed ahead mode." And the contracts of Scherzer and Verlander, which are in, of incredible annual values, are, I think they're both. I think. They will both be done year after next, so these they're not they'll be able to spend again in a couple of years for big players. They brought in Scherzer and Verlander to win right now. And Sanga's here to give them so I, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. Is to give them depth right now, and Nimmo is there to give them some stability right now. So those moves I'm also bundling together because it's the Mets saying, "Oh, same old Mets. They lose Degrom and blah blah blah." I said, nope, not same old Mets. We're still going for it. We're still trying to improve the team that's on the field. And um, and I think this is uh, and the, I believe Quintana was also signed yeah. by the Mets. So it gives them so now they're they're trying to get the pitching depth. You know, this is a team that, that you know, Met fans talk about this as if this is the 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 120 loss uh, Mets of 1962. The team that won 100 games last year. And made the playoffs. Um, so it's last year, I mean, yes, it's devastating that they blew the division in the last week of the season. 
Um, they had all these chances to win it, but they're still going for it. Big yeah. time. And we can't forget also the Mets started the offseason by paying Edwin Diaz like a $100 million contract mm-hmm. to, to begin the offseason, making him one of the highest paid closers of all time. So the Mets are definitely serious. And I think an X factor for the Mets this year is going to be that Japanese pitcher that you're not too sure of the pronunciation of just yet because you see someone like Chris Bassett walking free agency. Verlander and Scherzer are still pitching like they're at the top of their game, but we cannot deny the fact that they're both very old men that could break down at any point. So a guy like Senga coming over from Japan, he's going to have every opportunity to be that number three, number four starter in their rotation with upside and really have a chance to prove himself to being maybe uh, better than what we even realize and maybe being good enough to be a frontline rotation starter. If that guy can work out and really pitch like a Chris Bassett level pitcher and be the number three starter Again, for the New York Mets, I think he's a huge X factor when you think about the future of that rotation because the rotation is terribly old, but he, the Japanese pitcher, is not even 30 years old yet. I think he turns 30 years old this year. So he could be the future of that rotation, and he could be the guy that the Mets build around for the next few years. All right, we are still here with Miller Thomas. We're talking about some of the biggest moves of the offseason. I'm going to be bringing up another team right now and one that has had a very busy offseason and made one gigantic splash move, but also made a couple of the smaller moves that made me realize, hmm, they have uh, they have their eyes on October right now. And I say splash intentionally because I'm talking about the team by the Bay San Francisco Giants. Obviously they made their gig- they made a they made a bid to sign Aaron Judge. While that didn't work it sent out a smoke signal to say we are in the business of signing a big player because the Giants are a big market team, or at least let me rephrase a high revenue team. And they are, and they're acting like it. And they signed Carlos Correa to a, uh, a 350 million, 350 year contract. And uh, it's a long deal. It's a long, it's a long, long deal is what I'm saying. Uh, It's a 13 year deal, which obviously we all know, by year 13, he's not going to be an elite shortstop. But they're going to get a bunch of prime years from Carlos Correa. And he's athletic enough to move to a different position at one point when need be. But And that is a big, you know, splashy move for the Giants. They also added Ross Stripling. They also added um, uh, yeah. from – they also added uh, 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 Mitch Hanniger. yeah. You know, they added – they're, they're adding some depth to the team. Yes, they lost Carlos Rodon, and that's no small shakes, okay? But they're they're pitching in one of the best pitchers' ballparks, and we all saw with this team, when handled correctly, and you know, this is an analytics-heavy team that somehow, by ways I don't understand, won 107 ball games a couple of years ago. I never thought they were as good as 107 wins that they were a couple of years ago, and I don't think they were as bad as the 81 and 81 team as they were now. I think they're somewhere in the middle. I think they're a low, high 80, low 90 win team, and I think that they're going to be – I'm predicting them to win 90 games so far, and they're going to be – I don't think they're going to win the division because I think Los Angeles and San Diego are better, but I do think they're going to be a playoff team, and I think adding some of this depth, even with losing Rodon, I think makes them a dangerous team and makes them a team that at least the the front office have shown, yeah, we, we want to do it. Let's go do this. 
Yeah, and for me, you know, I've always been a little bit more down on the Giants than probably you. But for me, I thought the college career move was maybe the fourth biggest needle mover transaction of the offseason because this wasn't necessarily a move that made the Giants World Series contenders, but this was a move that changed the vibe of the franchise. It, it, it showed that the Giants are not afraid to open up their wallets and spend some money because talking to Ben Kaspik of Lockdown Giants, that seems to be the hesitancy with the franchise the last few years. Is this team serious about spending money in the offseason has seemed to be an overarching narrative surrounding this Giants franchise the last few years. And this offseason, they've gone all in on competing with the other NL West teams in terms of the Dodgers and Padres when it comes to the payroll, because we know the reported Aaron Judge contract that they were going to give him. And then you see Carlos Correa. They ponied up the money for him. The Giants are showing that they are serious about trying to win in that division. And I still don't love this team as like a World Series contender but i definitely think they're way more relevant now where carlos correa i like the mitch hanniger move they brought back jock peterson as well i don't love carlos rodon leaving because i think he's a stud but like you said in that pitcher's ballpark they have great depth behind logan webb with the ross striplings and some other pitchers already in that rotation so this giants team i think it will be good they always get surprise performances from other dudes in their lineup they might not expect so i'll be on the lookout for those guys so right now i'll probably say this is a pretty frisky giants team they'll be on the edge of the wild card and potentially could make the playoffs. But just getting Carlos Correa in the building as a foundational piece for your lineup for the next 13 years, it's just sending a bad signal out to the rest of the free agents that the Bay is back in business and we can be a home for free agents in the future. And there's one other big free agent signing there was that I think was also uh, might be as impactful as Correa. And it's and again, it's a signing that I look at going, oh man, what a perfect fit. Whereas the Philadelphia Phillies signing Trey yeah. Turner, okay, and the the Phillies, you know, obviously uh, Dombrowski's job when a team hires Dombrowski, a team the management is saying we want to win a pennant, go spend money, and go go spend money on the right people, and go s- trade prospects for the right players. And look at what has happened since he's taken over Philadelphia. They went from totally irrelevant to going to the World Series. Yes, he's doing it by spending money, trading prospects, and signing free agents. But do you what? Would you rather there there were what twenty eight other teams watching the World Series last year, not playing in it, and one of the teams playing in it were the Phillies, who got to within two wins of winning the freaking World Series. And one of the the needs that they had was shortstop. And so there's Trey Turner one of the best shortstops in baseball with still a few really, really good years gets to be teammates with Bryce Harper. Again, put him in the lineup with Schwarber, put him in that, you know, Hoskins in that super powerful lineup. Um, they, the lineup for Philadelphia is much better now. And they were already pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. And Trey Turner is, you know, a winner, a big part of the world series champion in Washington uh, fit in perfectly with L.A. I have no clue why L.A. let him walk. None. I don't care who they have bubbling in their farm system right now. You had Trey freaking Turner in your infield. You keep him. I, I don't quite understand the Dodgers offseason. Um, uh, you know, besides keeping Kershaw, uh, they haven't made a big splash this offseason. Maybe they're retreating. I don't know. What, I don't know what. I don't know what's going on. But uh, the defending National League champions bringing Trey Turner 
into the fold, into that lineup, uh, I thought was just, you know, again, even if the final years are not great, I, I, I've been I've been saying this for the last bunch of episodes. I'm tired of people putting bad contract, good contract solely in the prism of the ownership. You know, Trey Turner had some great years where he was playing for about $500,000. Aaron Judge had a bunch of years where he gave the Yankees MVP caliber season for less than $600,000. So, yeah, maybe some of the years at the end he'll be paid for, uh, you know, not great seasons, but it's making up. Like, why is it always put in the prism? Like, the Manny Machado contract is a phenomenal contract for Manny Machado because if he has another MVP caliber season, he said, okay, let's test the waters. And if he doesn't, he said, ah, do you, I don't think I'm going to opt out this year. That's a good contract. The team may not for Manny, but we always look at good contract, bad contract in the prism of the – anyway, I'm, I don't want to get another soapbox because last week I did a whole sermon. And, uh, uh, and by the way, uh, I'm going to play that part of the podcast where I did went into an impromptu Jackie Robinson sermon. Yeah. I'm going to put that in uh, uh, an episode for next week. So you'll hear part of that next week. So that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like you're talking about like MLB reparations with these long-term contracts for how these players are severely. You said under- it. I you said <laughs> it. I didn't. I don't want to uh, send your <laughs> send your complaints to to Miller Tom. Who can make that joke? I cannot. Yeah, I'll make that joke. I don't have a problem with it. I'll stand by and put my flag on it. Yeah, Trey Turner. I had him checking in as the number three biggest needle mover of the offseason. It is interesting, the Dodgers, the last few offseason. When you think about the kind of trades that they've made and then the players they let walk, they traded for the Manny Machados. They traded for the Max Scherzers. They traded for the Trey Turners. Let all of them walk in free agency instead of, instead of signing them to long-term deals. It makes you wonder, like, why the Dodgers are so picky and choosy when it comes to certain players. They want to resign the Mookie Betts and the Freddie Freemans, but they let the Manny Machados and Trey Turner's walk. It's interesting how they pick and choose their players. They're an interesting case study to watch. But Trey Turner going to the Philadelphia Phillies, I have it as number three because I feel like Bogart to the Padres makes a tougher and stronger lineup than Turner to the Phillies. But Turner to the Phillies adds a lot more championship equity than Carlos Correa to the Giants. So that's kind of like my whole mindset there. Turner, Bryce Harper, reunited once again. Dave Dombrowski, not afraid to go all in. He's the kind of GM I want running my team. I don't want the Shane Blooms, the kinds that blow it up after a 2018 World Series. Like, what are you doing? Bring in Dave Dombrowski. Blow up my farm system because you look at that Mookie Betts trade. They just DFA'd Jeter Downs this past week. That has been a complete disaster. The D-backs traded Zach Greinke and Paul Goldschmidt. Guess what? All those players are pretty much complete disasters. When you trade your superstar away, you pretty much get back bust most of the time in the deal. Go ask the Miami Marlins, the Stan deal, the Yelich deal, all those players are bust. Give me Dave Dombrowski, a man who's not afraid to take a couple of blue chip prospects and throw it at the Chicago White Sox and bring in a Chris Sale, who was fantastic during your 2018 World Series run. Bring in a Dave Dombrowski, who just spent this, who spent a whole lot of money the past couple of off seasons and got a wild card team to the World Series. Give me Dave Dombrowski to be the leader of my front office because he's a man with values that I respect, Sully. That's right. That's the way to do it. He understands the the key is winning and and a prospect. I mean, so many times, you I mean, you made a great point. I mean, how many times do we see these these, you know, stars are being traded for a big pile of prospects? How many times do the prospects totally fizzle out? Like I mean, the Mookie Betts trade time. is quickly turning into one of the worst trades in baseball history. It's basically a Verdugo for Betts swap at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. 
I, I think we could have avoided Verdugo for bets. So, so John Henry can save $9.42. Um, the last thing I want to bring up is the biggest trade that took place in the offseason, which is uh, the, the wild three-way trade uh, with Sean Murphy uh, is now going to the Atlanta Braves. Uh, you know, Manny Pena to the A's, William Contreras to the Brewers, a, lo- a lot of people whose names we don't know bouncing <laughs> back and forth. The Random main thing, uh, you know, some of the best prospects in the Brewers and the Braves system are now going to Oakland, and we'll see which one of them become major leaguers who are then traded for three players, and then each one of those players will play for three, three more players. But Sean Murphy is going to the Atlanta Braves, one of the best catchers in the game, is going to one of the best teams in the game. Uh, I think this is a great, great move for Atlanta. Uh, to be honest, I was like, man, I wish I, the D-backs were the Milwaukee Brewers in that trade because, honestly, I want the William Contreras in that deal. I know Sean Murphy, by the advanced metric, the defensive numbers, they love him, but William Contreras was an all-star last year, a guy that could hit 300, 800-plus uh, OPS, 20-plus home runs. Like, I want the William Contreras in that deal instead of the Sean Murphy for a lot cheaper with some better offensive production. I thought that was a steal by the Milwaukee Brewers, but I thought the best trade of the offseason was actually – the Seattle Mariners picking up a little Tiasker Hernandez yep. to yep. up. That, that was the fifth biggest needle mover transaction of the offseason, in my opinion, on my list, because Julio Rodriguez definitely needed some offense with him in that lineup. They got a boy that can match him in offense with the Tiasker Hernandez. So I like those two together. Then real quick, Sully, I found it pretty funny. We talked about all these transactions today and we didn't talk about one that I think a Bryce Patrick would be a little upset by. Jacob DeGrom, not one of the biggest transactions this offseason. Well, I did mention him. I did talk about how that we he was signed him. that by by the, you know he he left the Mets. Uh, I there's a I I think it's a good move for the Rangers to a degree in that it's sort of that and bringing in uh, Bruce Bochy to be the manager along with last year's signings of Seager and Semyon is showing the Rangers want to win now. But we all know DeGrom is not going to give you 25 starts. DeGrom is going to be hurt for a big chunk of this year. It's just That's just the way it is with him. And he's when he's healthy, he is the best pitcher in the National League. But he's so rarely healthy. And um, he has no goodwill in the bank in Texas. He has nothing but goodwill in the bank in New York. So, I mean, there is a possibility this could be a move that could bite Texas in the butt. Yeah. Uh, because if he if he flames out in Texas, um, then there's I – mean, and they're on the hook with him for a bunch of years, then that is a bad signing. Uh, I, if there's any sign that could potentially be a bust, and I hate to say this because I like DeGrom, uh, but the DeGrom signing is incredible risk. Yeah, a lot of risk. That's why I checked in at number six on my list. And also, I'm just not there yet with the Rangers. I'm sorry, Locked On Rangers people. I'm sorry, Bryce Patrick. I'm just not there with the Rangers just yet. Jacob DeGrom will move the needle for them, add some wins. But if you don't get those 25 starts like Sully's talk about, I don't know how good that team is going to be. So we'll see with the Texas Rangers. But really quick to round out my list, Sully, I had number seven, Jose Abreu to the Astros. Number mm-hmm. eight, Wilson Contreras to the St. Louis Cardinals. Number nine, okay. I did have the Japanese pitchers to the Mets because I think he's a big X factor. The number yeah, 10, yeah. I had Chris Bassett to the Toronto Blue Jays because of that yeah. number three starter, Fine Gosman, Manoa, and then maybe your 2023 potential side 
Young Award winner, Jose Barrios. I don't know why I keep breaking that jab at you. I'm sorry. No, I hey, put my neck out. You put your neck out. You know, <laughs> we should. We have to go look at one of my wrong predictions so you could throw it back in my face because yeah. I don't know why that one just sticks out in my mind so much. I think Toronto's gonna be very good. I think the Teoscar Hernandez trade, um, and and the Bassett signing fortified their pitching staff and bringing in Kiermaier. Uh, doesn't completely supplant Teoscar Hernandez, but at least gives them uh, a, a solid major leaguer in that position. Well, we got a solid major leaguer at the position every Monday. Miller Thomas, tell people where they can follow you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at CareerThomas24 for my personal account. Look up Locked on Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram, on all your podcasting platforms, and we're on YouTube as well. So please hit subscribe on the Locked on Dimebacks YouTube channel. Yeah, and thanks so much for making Locked on MLB your first listen today. Make your second listen, obviously, Locked on Diamondbacks. Your third listen, have it be Locked on Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Locked on Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about the Diamondbacks for a minute and a half and then going through all the other teams that made big moves coincidentally none of them based in arizona this has been the locked on dimebacks locked on mlb crossover he's miller thomas i'm your pal sully let's fist pump and call it a week